When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Bunnell and I'm joined by Steve Nicholson and Chris Watson. Chaps, how are we doing? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. It's a bit chilly in here. It is cold in here. It is cold in this room and uh, a cup of coffee would have been nice, wouldn't it, to to warm us up? Well, Chris, you've got your cup of coffee there. Lovely, yeah. Lovely. You politely or impolitely declined them uh, as I was making it, Steve, so... uh, I must have my hearing checked. It must be my age. Absolutely. Didn't catch that one. Okay, plenty to get through today anyway, um, in terms of the Manchester United game and obviously these Gary Rowell rumours that are coming out. Uh, before we get started, I do just want to say, have you got any sort of complaints about the, the travel to Manchester? I know it's always a, a big gripe of yours. Steve, yeah, so. 50 mile an hour stretch wasn't great, as we, as we predicted. Uh, fantastic parking though for us at Old Trafford and they looked after us splendidly, I thought. Really, really yeah, good. Uh, yeah. And uh, first time been back to cover a game at Old Trafford's uh, since 2009 too long mm-hmm. really and, and and you you don't forget but, but you tend to to an extent of the size of the, of the football club when you stand outside Old Trafford it, it just is so immense and then the amount of people milling, milling around early on I think we got there about four hours before kickoff and car parks were packed and mm-hmm. thousands of people milling around the, the place and uh, it's a huge football club and uh, it, it, it was good. I mean, Gary Rowett talked about you know he didn't want it to be an occasion for the players because they had a job to do, which they did. Uh, but for the fans, it's, it is an occasion, and, uh, and and even for the visiting press who don't get there that often, uh, it was good to be back. That was that was quite a, a tame complaint from you. I was expecting so far. Yeah, we, oh, well, actually, you, you did moan a little bit about how how moan, far away from moan. the ground we were parked because it was a bit like. <laughs> This sort of airport I thought style. we were closer to Derby than actually <laughs> well, that, I was going to say that was your comment we were sort of getting directed we started off quite close to the ground then we were getting directed further and further away and I think you did say I think yeah. we're I think, we'll I think it's we're getting the wrong opinion of me, thinking I moan, <laughs> I moan all the time. I think they've already formed an <laughs> Indeed. opinion of <laughs> Indeed. I only moan 23 hours a day. Yeah, that's it. Right, anyway, well, we'll come on to, <clears throat> to United and, and the game, etc. later, but we'll, we'll start with sort of the, the big story rumours that have been circling over the past few days uh, is that Gary Rout's been, been linked with the Stoke City job. Obviously, Mark Hughes lost his job at the Bet365 Stadium after their uh, disappointing cup exit at the hands of Coventry City. And now, we, we should point out that at the time of recording, which is Monday afternoon, there has been no approach or comment or anything mm-hmm. of the like from Stoke City regarding Gary Rowett. But, I mean, what, what do we make of these rumours? Well, uh, the, the facts are straightforward. Mark Hughes was sacked. Stoke City need a new manager. When that happens, the bookmakers lurch into action and, and they always provide a, a, a list of uh, favourites downwards for the job. Uh, at first, Gary Rout's name appeared quite high up, but, but not necessarily favourite or second favourite. And then it changed slightly and he became joint favourite with Martin O'Neill and became favourite with some other bookies. So, you know, one or two fans have had a bit of a pop at us for, 
for using that, but we have to do that. You know, it's fact. It's fact that Stoke need a new manager. It's fact that Rowett's name appeared in the list uh, of odds. And I think it's also fact and fair to say that, that Stoke City will be fully aware of Gary Rowett, the job he's doing at Derby County. That's no secret. And uh, from from what we hear, you know, they 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 are or they have him on their radar. That's not to say that he'll be Stoke's next manager. But uh, they'd be foolish not to have Gary Rowett on, on the radar. He deserved to be in the frame for, for jobs in the Premier League, certainly in the, in, in the lower half of the Premier League, because the top half, you know, tend to get the super managers, if you like. But in the lower half, he, he's earned the right to be in that frame. Chris, what's your sort of take on the, the situation? Yeah, well, I, I think it's, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just the bookmakers um, putting Gary Rowett's name out there. There were, you know, numerous media outlets, national... Uh, media outlets were uh, were mentioning him straight away. Uh, him and Martin O'Neill, um, as you say, Steve. That's not an exclusive list of two. They, they've obviously got other names in mind. I think you know they were due to the the uh, Stoke board was due to be meeting today, um, and there will be other. I'm sure there will be other names considered. But I mean, it's funny. We, we I think we were having a conversation before the Stoke job became available, and and just the form that Derby were in. We were sort of saying, well, you know, he, he is going to start being linked with these roles because you can't ignore the the job that he's done, the run that they've been on. Um, now, obviously, you know, Derby fans uh, seem very protective of their manager at the moment. They're very happy with him and, and don't want to see him uh, go anywhere. And and, um, and I'm sure they will hope that, that Gary will want to carry on the job that he's doing and, and, and actually... Get Derby into the Premier League themselves rather than move to a club that's in the Premier League, but you know might be struggling to stay there um, this season. So we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, as you say, the Derby fans have been protective over Barrow, and and rightly so. But this sort of interest from the Premier League side, it it, it is a compliment to, to both Gary Rowe and Derby County. It shows the job yeah. that he's doing. I mean, Steve McLaren would all often. Say to me, you know, this is football. You like to say that, and 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 it is. This is what happens if you've got a player who's doing particularly well. You know, in the transfer windows, he will be linked with with other clubs. If you've got a manager who's doing particularly well, which Gary Wright is, he's going to be linked with other clubs when when vacancies uh, arise. Uh, I I I I can understand concern of fans, but I would take it as a compliment because it, it it's an indication that something good is happening at your football club. Mm. You know, so in some ways you'd rather it that be the case than nothing happening particularly good at your football club no one's talking about your manager no one's talking about your players so I would take it as a compliment uh, whether or not Stoke make any official approach for Gary Wright we'll wait and see uh, but they'll have a real fight on their hands mm. if they want him because you know, I sat down with uh, Mel Morris uh, late last week uh, for about 90 minutes very enjoyable chat very enjoyable catch up uh, enjoyed talking football with him uh, and, and we spoke a lot about Gary Rowett and, and, and the relationship between the two of them Mel and Gary it looks or appears to be very strong uh, Mel's thrilled with the job that Gary Rowett's doing there's been a bit of trial and error with Mel and managers you know in recent seasons and, and, and you know we, we must remember that picking a manager isn't the easiest thing in the world you know there are no guarantees. There's no set formula. You know, some you get right, some you don't get right. And at the moment, it, uh, what Gary Rowett's done in the, since March, you know, he looks to be a good fit for for the football club and for Mel Morris. Uh, so 
you know, Derby would certainly not back any approach from any team for uh, for Gary Rower, and uh, they would want to keep hold of him. They'd fight tooth and nail to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was there, there, there will, of course, be a, a compensation clause in his contract if 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 any club would want to try and uh, hire him. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, at the moment, I'm I'm, I'm fairly relaxed about it. Uh, if I was a betting man, I I I can't see. Gary outgoing may well be proved wrong, uh, but he, he he just strikes me, Gary, as a type of person that when he starts a job, you know, he wants to see it through, and he's certainly started the job and he's made progress with it, and I know he's determined to, to see it through, and, and he'd like nothing more to to win promotion and be in the Premier League with Derby. Mm-hmm. Sorry, so I was just going to say, I think it's, worth, it's probably worth pointing out there'll be there'll be fans I've seen you know on social media fans saying. Um, you know, Derby, Derby, or Gary Wright should come out and kind of put this speculation to bed um, publicly. Now, that's very unlikely to happen at this stage because, as, as we say, as we record this, no official approach has been made, so they don't need to say anything. Mm. Um, and it's unlikely that that would happen um, until such point. You know, as we said, if if an official approach was made, then you know the the other um, the club, i.e., Derby could come out and make a statement saying you know confirming or this or denying this or and then saying whether it's been accepted and that sort of thing but but it's unlikely that that would happen before then it would be very unusual for um for a club or a manager to go down that route at this stage but obviously you know we've been hearing certain things and as you say you know we understand that that the club certainly wouldn't welcome any approach and would be quite quick to to rebuff that and you mentioned that the in a compensation clause in the contract, um, of course, there's also talk that you know could could Gary be be offered a new deal mm-hmm. at Derby as, as a result of this, and, that, and that's something we have to. Well, his contract runs to the end of 2018-19, so forget any speculation about Stoke City or any other club. Actually, you'd think this would be about that time when they were looking at his contract anyway. You know, because he's done such a good job, they wouldn't want to get to the end of the season with him just having one year left. You know, as you wouldn't with, with with your best striker or your best defender or whatever. So that was always a possibility anyway. So whether that speeds that up, we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, but no, I, I'd say I, I think it's I think it's a compliment because it, it shows things are things are going in the right direction. You mentioned Steve McLaren earlier, and obviously mm. we all know what happened when the the Newcastle United links came out with that, and quite a few Derby County fans have sort of been saying, you know, we don't want a similar situation with that and, and they've been sort of concerned can players forms drop off because of this I mean what, what would you sort of say to that well first of all it's slightly different because uh, I think Stoke have made it quite clear they'd like to have someone in place in the next week or so you know before the next game against Manchester United the the, the, the Newcastle one rumbled on and was kind of almost end of the you know to take him on at the end of the season I think it started in the January it started in the January he's talking about in the summer wasn't yeah, it so it there's a big difference there. Uh, that was very messy, and I understand how fans wouldn't want to get into that position again. And I just can't see that type of thing happening again. I say it didn't. It didn't really help anyone. Mm. I've been asked, does does that type of thing affect players? Uh, if it does, it shouldn't. That's what I'd say to the players. You know, because you, you know when you run onto that field, I, I can't think the last thing they'll be thinking of is when they're trying to defend a corner or attack a corner. I think, oh, if the manager's going to be here next week, that doesn't happen. So you know. I wouldn't expect it to affect anything on the pitch at all. Uh, it's just the fact that uh, Gary's done such a good job there, they quite rightly would want to keep holding. Mm. I mean, you two both know 
Gary Rowett, you see him twice a week. In your personal opinion, would you, obviously this is all speculation mm. talk, as we said at the beginning, you know, Stoke haven't made an approach, so we are just speculating, but would you expect him to stay if Stoke came in with an offer? Yes. Yeah. I'd be surprised if he didn't. Mm. And that's not, not, that's not to suggest he, he's not ambitious or he wouldn't want to be in the Premier League. Of course he wants to be in He does want to be in the Premier League. Managers want to manage in the Premier League. They want to manage or coach at the highest level possible, just like players want to play at the highest level possible. Uh, I just get it with Gary. Uh, knowing him, as I've done, not just during his time at Derby, but before that as well, I sense a, a, a real determination in, in him as a manager. Uh, of what he wants to achieve and I've, I think he believes he can achieve Premier League football with Derby County mm. Some real words of comfort then for Yeah, County, yeah isn't it? absolutely Listen, it, as, as I go back to, to Steve McLaren's great saying you know, this is football Think, things, things happen in football you know as I said your, your best player can get taken away from you because you know, he, he is your best player this happens it's all part and parcel of, of football and and you'll never change that. And, and I think with, with managers, the, clubs change managers an awful lot in, in football, too much at times. And so you'll always get the speculation about who's next. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I still would be surprised if, if, if Gary left Derby. I really would. Uh, I think he, he's, he thinks he's got something going here and, and we'll want to see that through. There's been a lot of debate as well. People saying, "Why would he leave?" Because Derby are a bigger club. What do you yeah, think? Stoke, Stoke or Derby? Uh, well, Derby. Well, first of all, Stoke have been in the Premier League since 2008. They actually went up the season Derby came down, so they've had ten seasons in the Premier League. You know, they've been an established Premier League club in that time. Uh, I don't go into this size of clubs who's bigger than who's Newcastle United are huge. It's not stopped them being in the Championship before. You know, Stoke, I think, have been in the, in the Premier League more years than Newcastle in the past ten years, obviously. So, no, I'm not, I'm not into, into into the size of the football club thing. It's just about which football club you're at at the time and, and whether you can you can lift them in, into the top flight. And that's what Gary Rowett is aiming to do at Derby. Someone mentioned, oh, well, he, you know, he lives in Derby. You know, so it's handy for him. Of course, it's handy. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, but it's not that, that far down the A50 to Stoke either. It's probably about half an hour, unless those 50 mile an hour limits get in the way. It's uh, it's about it's about half an hour. So that's that that doesn't really come into the equation. The basic equation is, I don't see any reason why Gary Rowe is not happy at Derby County, or he's not confident that sometime in the future, whether it's this season or, or very soon, he can get Derby in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And he's certainly made. Uh, Good strides since he's been here at, uh, since March. Mm. And, and the pair of you will also be at the, the pre Birmingham City press conference on Friday. So if we haven't heard anything by then, we'll, we'll certainly be expecting. Well, don't send a warning to Gary now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder whether it might be resolved by then, to be honest, because yeah. I say the, the word coming out of Stoke seems to think seems to say that um, they're, they're they're sort of confident of getting someone in place by the next game, which is which is uh, Manchester United on Monday. To the point where I think they haven't even. I'm, I'm not sure they've even officially announced the caretaker manager. Um, I might be wrong with that, but um, um, so I mean that you know that would suggest that there's some, that they've got something possibly in the pipeline, and the way things are going at the moment, I, I, I don't know if it will still be an issue by then. Of course, it might be, 
Um, it'd be nice if it was. Sorry, to, sorry for the fans there, but it'd be nice if we can we can ask him those questions. I'm sure he'd be expecting them to have sort yeah, of questions. Well, yeah, of course he would. Well, so, yeah. I think Chris is right. I, I, I've got a feeling that, by sounds, we still want to get this sorted very quickly. Uh, I, I read somewhere that they they weren't keen on it dragging on like it has done at one or two other clubs. I think Everton it dragged on a little too long. Mm-hmm. You know, before Allardyce was appointed. Uh, you know, they are in the bottom three, they're not, they're not cut the drift, but I think it's 22 games gone, I think. Mm. You know, they'll want to get it sorted quickly. I mean, it's, it's a difficult job for, for anybody, to, obviously just sort of taking the, the whole right thing out of the equation, it's a difficult job for anybody to take over there, so um, there's obviously a lot of risk involved for whoever, whoever gets it. Yeah, it's, it's strange because the, the jobs that have come up, Everton being one, Palace being another, West Ham being one, Stoke now... You fall, at the moment you fall into this long term or short term view of, of, of what's needed next and and because of the riches involved in being in the Premier League I think the short term view of a lot of these jobs are let's get somebody in who can stabilise matters, get results and keep us up you know, rather than thinking long term so whether that will happen at Stoke, it's happened at those clubs I mentioned, Allardyce going in, Roy Hodgson going in, David Moyes, very experienced managers at Premier League level and and the job they've got on is to make sure those clubs stay in the Premier League and maybe Stoke will go down that route, maybe that's why someone like Martin O'Neill, his name's right up there mm. whereas someone like Gary, not to say he couldn't do that, but, but with Gary you know, I think he's 43, Gary you'd see it as a more long term thing and hopefully. He's not, he's not had to do that before and he's not had to do that, which whereas is very people different, like yeah. Sam Allardyce Absolutely. of course have Absolutely. So, and I think it's knowing the ropes in, in that situation of how to do that. And I think for Stoke, and again, this is not anything against Gary, but I think for Stoke, it would be seen as something of a gamble if they went for a manager who'd not actually managed in the Premier League before. And I say that's not to say you can't do it, because I'm a big believer in young managers and young coaches being given the opportunity to show what they can do. Because for too long now, football has kind of stuck with the... Uh, tried, tested and in some many cases failed uh, uh, managers who've had a goal before so I, I'm sure Gary Rowett will manage in the Premier League one day, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Mm. Tony Cunliffe back at the Bet365. Well it's, you know, it's funny isn't it because you, know, you think about the job he did at West Brom, if you, if you want results yeah. people like Tony Pulis, Allardyce these types of mm. people uh, tend to get those results you need. Yeah, okay. Do you have anything that you wanted to, uh, to add on on the route situation either of you? No, I think Chris is right. I think, and we're rather hoping that the, the, the whole matter's sorted out mm. fairly fairly quickly. And uh, and, and I say, as I, I, I sat here now, we must again stress that there's been no yeah, suggestion or actually no approach yeah. from Stoke. So, you know, but uh, football is so widely reported these days and everyone's involved in it on social media these things become quite a big issue very quickly. Absolutely. Right, let's move on to Manchester United then. Uh, FA Cup game on Friday night, which I'm sure probably feels like a, a while ago now, considering how much you've had. It does have been straight. It was a strange feeling over the weekend. Yeah. Free weekend, actually, for, for the Saturday well, thing. It, it, it was for some, I noticed. Yeah, not for me. I was actually writing a lot of words. For some people, they were... They were elsewhere watching football and enjoying themselves and, oh, and taking I selfies, going, I think, I or, or pictures of, of, of stadiums we've all been to. Uh, but no, we, we were, myself and Chris were, were working and crashing out all the words in the aftermath of uh, the game at Old Trafford. Yeah, 
So let's talk about We never game. sleep. Football never sleeps. Just, Sorry, I just, just dropped off there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the game of Old Trafford then. Um, I mean, just, just a broad one, it was a game in which Derby came away with, with a lot of credit, wasn't it? I, I thought they did as well as as could be expected. And, and when I say that, I don't, I, I don't mean to sound as though, you know, we go there and, and make sure we don't get beat heavily. I don't think a heavy defeat would have done them any good, mm. but it never does. And and a couple of fans said to me, I don't. They didn't think Derby actually went and had a go, had a real go. Well, I'm not too sure whether you can against teams like Man United, Old Trafford, Liverpool, Anfield, mm. Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. If you go and have a real go, they're likely to pick you off and and, and punish you so heavily that the game might be over in half an hour. So I thought Derby handled it quite well. They could easily have been a goal or two down very early on, so that probably saved them from a quite heavy defeat. They then grew into the game, and, and there were a number of counter-attack situations which they probably could have made slightly more of. So they were suddenly giving United reason to, 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 to be concerned. But uh, no, I mean, you know, Man United thoroughly deserved to win. Mm. They were the, the driving force for most of the game, as you would expect. But you're right. I think I think Derby came out of it with, with credit because I thought the players put in a real shift, and they did ask one or two questions of United. Mm. I was just going to yeah. say, looking at the performance, was it a fair sort of reflection on, on the game? Well, I, I think I think you know, Derby going into the last sort of 15, 20 minutes of the game, it's nil nil. Mm. Derby will I think will have been delighted with that. I think most teams that go to Old Trafford would be delighted with that and. As Steve mentioned, you know they were they were playing on the counter attack. They had created some uh, some some decent openings without really, you know, creating too many clear cut chances. But you you would you wouldn't necessarily expect that. And I think you know there were a couple of moments where you know they've they've maybe had a shot blocked or forced the keeper into a save, and you sort of think, well, if that goes in, that suddenly uh, suddenly we could have a shock on our hands. Um, as we see so often, you know, United kept going, kept going, and got the goal in the end. Um, you know, in the last, in the final t- ten minutes, and it, a very good goal it was too. Um, and they had, you can't deny, they had deserved it. They'd absolutely peppered Derby's goal. Scott Carson was brilliant again. Derby defended heroically, um, but in the end, it wasn't wasn't quite enough. But you know, I mean, I spoke to Scott Carson afterwards and. Although I'm sure a lot of Derby fans would have loved to have had a replay back back at Pride Park, I'm not, I'm not too sure the players w- would have been that keen. And I'm not saying that they weren't disappointed to lose the game, but I think I think when they sit back and and reflect on it, they'll sort of think, well, do you know what? Actually, we could, we didn't really need another game, mm. particularly if United were to come here and beat them. Mm. Then that's the kind of of course, if you if you win, you go through to the next round and it's great. But now, of course, you know to quote the old cliche, they can. Uh, Concentrate on the league. Had to get that in. Full of football cliches. Yes. Um, one man that stood out, and, and you mentioned him there, Chris, was Scott Carson. Excellent again. Steve, you gave him a nine in your player ratings, which is almost unheard of for you. Um, I mean, just what more can you say about him? Well, I think you know we, we said before, and I said last season, he, he was deserved Player of the Year last season. Uh, he's, he's very much in the frame again already this season. He's he's very consistent. Uh, mistakes he makes are, are very few. I wonder whether he might be slightly disappointed with United's second goal, but at that stage he kind of kept them at bay. To mm-hmm. be honest, so there's no way you could really point the finger. 
and and uh, as he told Chris after the game, we he's he's kind of uh, many times over better keeper now than he probably is ten times over than he probably was five or six years ago. That's what happens with keepers, you know. They do mature with age, as I find out, and uh, <laughs> uh, and and he, he's looking a really good goalkeeper. And and, and this thing about can he play for England again and everyone kind of dismisses it rather glibly I think mm. uh, I really don't see why not I, I watched a, a young one of England's young goalkeepers who played the same night in another game over at Anfield and I watched him make a mistake a bad mistake for Liverpool's winning goal late on you know Carson at the moment is making very few mistakes and I say that's what you get young keepers will make mistakes just as Scott Carson used to make quite a few but as you get older, they, they, they learn the real art of goalkeeping, which is not throwing yourself all over the place. It's actually commanding your area, making good decisions, talking well, all those things. And I think he's, I think he's doing that. So you know, I don't think it's that daft a, a, a suggestion. I'm not saying he goes to the World Cup as England's number one or two, whatever, but you take three goalkeepers. If, the, if you take three young goalkeepers, where's the experienced voice in those young goalkeepers? So maybe it should take the best two young goalkeepers they see <coughs> one of them may be m- number one but to have someone like Scott around you know dropping the right words of advice in the ear now and again I think he's not a bad shout it's interesting isn't it because it, it looks like the way, the way it seems to be going is it, you've got young up and coming goalkeepers who are playing in the Premier League so it kind of stands to reason that they'll be ahead of him in the queue but but as you say and as, and as Scott says himself he, he feels he's a much better goalkeeper than when when he last played for England. So he played, you know, he played. He's thinking, well, I played for England five or six years ago. I'm I'm a better keeper now, although I'm not playing in the Premier League. So why not? You know, so it, there is there is certain um, reasoning behind it. I mean, I think it's. I mean, he he. It must be pointed out. He also said that he doesn't think he will. Get a call no, I, I, while he's I while he's not in the Premier I don't think we think he will either. But all I'm saying is, but, but but that's what I mean. Is he, is he, what, is he an unglamorous solution? Well, I, I would hope it's not no. just a division. Well, what I was going to say because is because it's very little between Derby second in the Championship yeah. and a club in the bottom three. But you also wonder whether it's the whole thing about well, he played for England and then he didn't play for England, yeah. and it's the whole thing about it's a big call to then recall someone. A few years later, yeah. on the basis that you know what they've really developed as a, as a goalkeeper. But I mean, of course, there are good goalkeepers ahead of him. Mm, We're not saying so, yeah. there's no one. No, You've yeah. got you know Jack Butland and Jordan Pickford yeah. and Joe well, Hart still in the they're mix. All, as they're well. all good goalkeepers. Yeah. I think what we're saying is that you know he's playing well enough at the moment. I think to be one of those three goalkeepers. I'm not necessarily mm. saying to be number one or two, but I still think you know he's playing as as, as well as certainly as well as anyone outside. Championship, uh, sorry, outside Premier League, and and what we have to say is he's been a magnificent signing for mm. Derby County, really, really good. I mean, if, if he's consistently doing it in the division that he's playing in, whatever division that is, obviously within reason, and then he proved against technically the second best team in England that he can perform on that stage, then why shouldn't he be considered? Well, I say it doesn't really matter which division you're in. If someone curls a free kick, well. Two people curl successive free kicks towards the top corner, and you leap across mm. them. To doesn't matter which division you're playing; you can be playing on the park. But if you can make those saves, it's the same save, isn't it? Mm. You know. Uh, no, I mean, uh, as I say, I don't think it, uh, they'll they'll take a look at him. But uh, 
it doesn't stop us giving him credit. Absolutely, and just on the, the United game, his performance, I mean, it was the way it played, it was going to take something special to beat him, and um, and former rounds loney yeah. Jesse... We, we were right behind, actually, our view from the press box. Mm. It was unstoppable, really, because he, he caught it so well, but yeah. also he got a bit slack because it was just moving away all the time as Scott was moving, and I think it may have gone into the net, in the side net. And he took uh, it early as well, yes, that's what impressed yeah, me, it's kind of... Good. It's having that confidence. He's obviously confident at the moment because he's been scoring yeah. goals. Mm. To kind of, you know, it was very, it was very congested around that, around the edge of the area. But he's just took a touch and didn't even think twice. Just, just, just yeah. hit it. It was, the it top was, corner. it was a very, very good goal. And and Jess Lingard, who was here, uh, young when he was a bit younger, obviously on loan. Uh, he, he's having a really good season. Mm. Uh, it surprised me a little bit because I wasn't too sure when I saw him here. As I say, he was younger then. But I wasn't too sure whether he would kick on sufficiently to become a regular starter at Manchester United. But he's uh, he's certainly doing well. I think it was a bit kind of stop-start for him when he was here mm. because he wasn't he wasn't always starting. He was coming off the bench, yeah. and of course it was round about the time that they were they were starting to the, the wheels were coming yeah, off a little bit, right, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. And when you've just come in, you're a young lad and you come into a team. It, 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 it can be, I think, mm. probably a bit difficult. But, but it, was, it was interesting watching some of their players. Because they are, you know, we, we Rashford could have scored three or four, and maybe should have scored at least two. Uh, Pogba looked a, a real talent and very confident. And then you bring Lukaku on, you know, and he looks so strong, mm-hmm. you know, really strong and quick. And I thought he pinned Derby back a, a second half as well. And yeah, the, the, you know, the, the, there is still that significant gap between certainly between the top six or eight Premier League teams mm. and, and, and the Championship mm. Just looking at some of Gary Rout's reaction after the game he said that he'd seen promising signs for the future for, from a Derby perspective I mean did you sort of agree with Yeah he, he said before the game that he, he, he thought he'd learn a lot about the players and, and, and who could and who couldn't step up and handle playing at Old Trafford first of all and playing in, in a game of that magnitude because you know, I saw them walking out of the tunnel. You know, suddenly you walk out and seventy-three thousand people. You know, I mean, Derby get big crowds, but you know, seventy-three thousand is you know you've got to be able to handle yourself and handle the game. And uh, he said he learned a lot about his players, and he felt most of them did. Uh, so, so that's that was interesting. I think uh, I said I think I think they should you know they should be pretty proud of the way they performed because it's it's not easy. Uh, I thought they played with a lot of discipline. In you know keeping their shape because it could be so easy to chase United all over the park and suddenly get picked off. But I thought they kept their shape really well. Uh, so I think I think certainly most of the players that were out there to me looked like you know uh, they handled the the occasion quite. Mm. Let's let's focus on a few of those players then and, and some that sort of came. And obviously Gary Rout made a few changes before the game. Maybe sort of surprised some people and some fans. Two of those in the back four, uh, Marcus Olsen and Alex Pearce, obviously both have been, well particularly Pearce, have sort of been out of the, the side uh, a fair while. How do you think that they did? Well, I mentioned Alex Pearce last week in, in our last podcast. Uh, I, was, I was delighted he got an opportunity. He's deserved an opportunity. He's such a good professional. You know, I said that he, he's, a great, he's a great lad as well. Uh, I was really pleased to see him because it can't have been easy and he must have had a thought in the back of his mind thinking 
I want to play in this game, but you know, <laughs> look, look at who's out here. You know, Pogba, Rashford, Lingard, here's Lukaku coming off the bench. Even Martial coming in. Got any more players? You know. Uh, so I was pleased to see him do well uh, because it can't be easy sat on the sidelines uh, waiting for an opportunity and, and, and the good thing about Alex is uh, and it was the same with Marcus Olsen he's obviously kept himself in the right shape in the right mental uh, frame of mind to be able to just come into the side Chris Bird's another one who can do that he's done that very well as well so that that's shows good professionalism Chris Olsen the first yeah, there was actually three changes to the back four. I, I realised that Wisdom I came, in. came in. I, I realised yeah. what you're saying because Wisdom obviously yeah. Yeah, yeah, played yeah. more recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think we were quite surprised to see quite so many changes, yeah. six in total, I think. Um, but I mean, there were, there was reasons behind it. I mean, Curtis Davis was left out. Um, um, he's played a lot of games. He's not he's not getting any younger. With all due respect to Curtis, and I know he, he has his shoulder. Yeah. issue that he needs to kind of nurse himself through so so there is reason behind that Craig Forsyth he looked incredibly tired in the in the previous game after a busy Christmas period so you can totally see why he left him out and, and I think Garrett went with he tried to go with a, a bit more kind of um, strength and pace and with the full backs in terms of Andre Wisdom and, and Marcus Olsen and Marcus Olsen actually probably came as close as anyone to yeah. scoring for Derby he pe- well, yeah, appeared out twice, of nowhere actually, it was in, in the box yeah. to uh to glance a header towards the uh, towards the goal, which ended up being tipped over by the keeper. But um, so he did all right, and I said, yeah, Alex Pierce as well. I thought I thought he he did he did as well as could be expected. On you know in what was you know one of the toughest mm-hmm. tests in football really yeah. to go to go and try and keep Manchester United out at Old Trafford, um, which they did for for more than eighty minutes. So um, so no fair play, fair play to them. No Matteo Vidra in the number 10 as well. Tom Lawrence filled his position. It's obviously a position that we know that he can play. He played there while he was on loan at Ipswich. Is that something that you can see Garrett utilising more throughout the season? I thought this was one of the most, one of the, the most interesting things about the, the game. Um, I spoke a lot about Tom Lawrence and... It's not really criticism of him as such, but I always feel I want to see more from him. You know, I, I do believe his end product needs to improve. The amount of times he actually gets on the ball, when you compare that to what happens, it's, it's got to be, you know, the, the gap's got to be closer, he's got to produce more. Uh, but I thought it was an interesting seeing him in, in a more central area. I think it suits him. Uh, the, Playing in these kind of wide attacking areas in a four-three-three or a four-two-three-one, sometimes it's it's easy not to kick out, get isolated and not be involved as much as you want to. But when you move into central area, and Matty Vidras found this because he struggled in a four-three-three. Matty did because he, he barely was on the ball. And when he was, he couldn't really. He got hemmed in by the touchline, couldn't get out. Uh, and, and Tom Lawrence can be a bit like that as well. And I I, I was in, I thought he looked better there. I'd like to see him there again, but don't ask me how you're going to fit Vidra and Lawrence <laughs> into into that shape. I, I don't know, and Vidra quite clearly, 15 goals in 21 starts or 26, whatever it is, is, is a magnificent return. Mm. And he has to be the number one in that position. But I would like to see Lawrence in there more. He, look, he looked a real threat to it's me. A good, it's a good option for Gary Rout yeah, to have. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, the last thing you want is a kind of one-man team and yeah. thinking, oh, blimey, if, if yeah. Vidra gets injured... What are we going to do? Um, and he knows that 
you know he knows he can he can the rough seal the players that can play there as well but he knows he's got someone like Tom Lawrence who, yeah. who's got that bit of um, bit of an X factor bit of flair but at the same time he, you know he can operate on the wing mm. you know equal, equally as well so I'd just like to see a bit more end product from him that's all I think he's yeah. I think he, he seems to me just to struggle with that final decision mm. and sometimes leaves it too late what he wants to do and either whether it's a shoot or put someone else in or beat him or whatever just need to make that decision a bit earlier in his mind uh, but he, when Derby countered it was him in the main that produced the threat on the counter attack I, I was impressed I, I found that quite fascinating uh, and maybe because Mate obviously, uh, often gets substituted in games anyway yeah, around yeah. the 60 we said this didn't we about the yeah. 60 70 yeah. minute mark but maybe then just move oh, Lawrence inside, inside and bring on another wide player because he has brought on Johnny Russell in time and put him in there. Yeah. And actually, you know, Gary Wright said to me afterwards in the press conference at Old Trafford that that they've actually got four number tens because they've got Fidra, Lawrence, uh, Russell, mm. and Andy Viner, who all might think their natural role is is a number ten. Mm. Obviously, you can't play them all, but uh, Lawrence certainly gave him food for thought. Well, and, and it's it's good to have that selection. Mm. You know, we said before on the podcast, you know, players competing for positions and obviously talent in more than one area. It's, it's it can only be a good thing for, for the squad. And one of the, one of the keys of the, just going back to the number ten is, and we're talking about decision making. One of the big things about the best number tens are that they make good decisions mm. when they're on the ball. They make good decisions. And just a, a quick word on the the fans as well: five and a half thousand. Yeah, it looked quite high up there, didn't it? I was quite pleased we were in the press box. Don't like heights. Yeah, don't like heights, but it did look quite high. Uh, No, it was was a great following, Mm. super following. Should Uh, just obviously say about Mel Morris as well, subsidising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spoke to Mel on the Friday before we went up, and uh, you know he's he's a big believer in the old. It was just after Christmas, you know. Mm. You know, people have got to find the money, haven't they, to go to these games? It's not cheap. And uh, you know, fair play to him. He subsidised the tickets, and mm. uh, I thought the you know the sport gave him great backing. They made most of the noise, really. Yeah, did, I think yeah. you could. That, that was the you know most of what you could yeah. hear um, during the night from from much of the game was uh, was coming from the Derby fans. That's uh, always good. Excellent stuff. Right, do you want to do some chat questions? Yeah, I can do if you want. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's you. That's oh, it's amazing. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Lovely. So, as as you all know by now, we always hold a, a weekly web chat with Steve Nicholson. So, I've uh, picked out. Three very good questions, which uh, he will now answer on the podcast. So, first up is uh, Richard Carson. He says, "Do you think we should bring in another young midfielder to prevent over reliance on Thorn and Huddleston as the two holding players?" I don't know if he means to include Ledley in that as well. Yeah, but probably. I mean, Joe Ledley's missed three games now with a back mm-hmm. uh, problem. Uh, I think what we, what we know about the window is, and then we keep going over this that, that Derby have said they've got to move players out before they bring players in that, that's, that's been said many many times so that has to happen first uh, in, in football the January window or any window it's about strengthening from a position of strength that's what you'd want to do but again I was talking to Mel Morris about this and, and, and I agree as well with this you've got to be careful not to disrupt what you've got you know you've got to be careful not, I mean, there's not much wrong with Derby's team at the moment. Now, ideally, you would say, looking at the midfield three, Huddleston, Ledley and Thorne, that you, ideally, in an ideal world, you would add maybe 
some legs and energy in there, younger legs and energy in there. Uh, that would make sense because it would actually help the balance in there. Because you've got a lot of good players in there, influential players, experienced players, who like to control the game at their pace with the ball, with the passing. Uh, I just wonder whether that kind of extra spark in there would help, again, in an ideal world. And, and maybe whether some kind of bit more power and pace in the final third mm. would help. I mean, I'm not saying Lukaku, obviously, because it's a different level. But when you saw Lukaku come on, you know, it, it, it's quite frightening, and it, and it can really trouble defenders. That can, and wonder whether to kind of, that kind of power and pace. But uh, I, I think it's a difficult one for Derby, a difficult one for Gary Rowett, because he knows he's got to trim the squad, and he knows he's got to be careful not to destabilise mm. anything that's good at the moment or disrupt it. So, in an ideal world, I'd say yes, but often this isn't an ideal world. Mm. Next is one from Taylor Holmes, who says, can we keep going on this run and secure second place? What needs to happen for us to continue this? They can, they can, of course they can They can continue. I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't. Uh, whether they will or not will depend on them doing the right things as they've done so often in the last 19 league games. You know, the record shows two defeats in that time mm. is, is remarkable, is great consistency. If they continue to do that, then, then they'll be fine. Uh, of course, it gets tougher. We've, we've been here before, me and Chris. We've watched in, in January, February, March, where it can get really tough. Uh, how you react to blows, how you react to defeats is, is crucial. I still believe this Gary Rowett team is capable of reacting quicker to setbacks than, than maybe teams we've seen in, in recent seasons. Uh, you've got to have luck with injuries. I think Derby have been quite lucky so far, although the Joe Ledley one. And now Bradley Johnson as well. You know, you wouldn't want Joe Ledley to be out for too long because I think mm-hmm. he'd have a big effect on, on the team. So, the, of course they can do it. But but all the other teams will be thinking they can do the same. It's like asking Wolves, do you think you can carry on like this and win and win the, and win the title? And they'll be hoping they do. Mm-hmm. It's like Aston Villa and Middlesbrough and these teams. Can you ca- keep pushing forward and getting the top six or the top two? So it's, it's the same for all teams. But all teams need to do the same. It's basically handling each game making sure you, you pick up as many points as you can when you're not playing well, which Derby have been doing also, and say having some luck with injuries. This third and final question then comes from Paul Limbert. He says, for all the investment in our academy, who's coming through? By that I mean who could become a first-team regular. We're now loaning selling them off. Wassel has been there since 2009. Is it time for a change? Well, I think... I mean... You know, I've spoken about academies before. It's not it's not exact science producing footballers. You know, developing young players. You can't say you've got to produce two this season. You've got to produce three this season. It doesn't work that way. You have good time, good spells, and good groups of players, and not so. And that's that's natural at all clubs as well. Uh, I think also it's. It, it, I think fans have to remember that the academies are there for two purposes. One, they are to produce and develop players for your first team, which is ideal. If you can do that, fantastic. Or you produce players and develop players who will then move on and join other clubs and maybe bring some revenue back mm-hmm. in, which helps you then strengthen your own squad. So there's two ways of looking at that. Uh, so you know, to, to, to kind of point the finger at the academies is a little harsh because it's not, it's, I say, it's not straightforward developing players. Uh, there have been a number of players appeared this season, young players, mm. not very, not for very long, 
but there's a, there's a list of them. You know, Max Baird, we saw at uh, Barnsley. Uh, Callum Gordon to me at Max Elsley. I thought we saw Grimsby, was it? Uh, and they've gone out on loan to Swindon and have done well there. Uh, Jamie Hansen's always in the round. He's had his injury problems. Mason Bennett returned uh, against Manchester United, came off the bench. He was in and around the team earlier this season until he got injured at Brentford. Uh, so there are those players who've been in and around. You know, yeah. Callum Guy had a, a little run out in one of the games as well. So they are there, but but it's 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 hard to break into Derby's team. Mm. Derby got such a big squad, a lot of senior players. It's highly unlikely that Guy Rout's suddenly going to turn around and put two or three of these lads in ahead of some of the senior experienced players. If Derby were mid-table and going nowhere, neither up nor down, I could see him doing that and giving him a chance mm-hmm. to put the second. Why, why would he want to do that? You know, So you can't just say, oh, where are these young players? The, 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 the timing has to be right. The situation of what the first team and where the first team is has to be right. You know, And, of course, the players have got to be good enough themselves. If, the, if, if Derby don't think they're good enough to make their team, then quite rightly move them on, loan them out, see if they can develop more or sell them mm. and, and, and then bring revenue back in. Stuff, thank you very much, Stephen. Thank you for, uh, for all your questions as well. Let's have a brief look at Birmingham away then on Saturday. Uh, plenty of interesting sort of subplots in this one, if you like. Obviously, Gary Rowett going back to his former club and uh, certain Mikel Kiftenbells might be featuring for, uh, for Birmingham as well. Yeah. Take it away. <laughs> Is there any roadworks on the way to Birmingham? <laughs> probably. 50 mile an hour stretches. You'll, well, you'll probably be stuck. That's stationary on the motorway towards Birmingham. Right. Nightmare. But anyway, the game itself. Yeah, they've uh, there's been an upturn. I think they've won. They? Yeah, they've won. Uh, they've won three in a row without conceding a goal. But um, they're still in the relegation zone as it is, but only uh, only a point from safety. And um, yeah, that man Keefton Bell's been in the team. I was just looking up, looking it up. I think he's played he's played the last fifteen matches under Steve Cottrell. Um, by all accounts, been one of their better players. Um, of course, we all know about what happened uh, on transfer deadline day. Derby thought they'd signed him, uh, but they hadn't uh, got the paperwork through in time, so the, the deal collapsed and he went back to Birmingham. Derby actually played Birmingham quite soon after afterwards. Uh, Keith Bell didn't feature. I think Lee Carsley was in caretaker charge at the time just after after Harry Redknapp had, uh, had got the boot. Um, so we were interested to see if he would play then, and he didn't. Um, but he's he's back in. He's been a regular now, so in, you know, assuming he doesn't uh, get injured, you would imagine he will uh, he will play against Derby um, this weekend, which will be a very a very, yeah. a very interesting. I'm looking one. forward to that. To have a, a close look at him, because mm. uh, I think when 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 your team is 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 linked with a player or very close to to uh, yeah. signing the player, so it's 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 yeah, it couldn't have been any closer. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's always you don't really know too much about them because yeah. you've only seen them twice against your team this season and you don't really take that much notice at the time so I'm going to be fascinated and I'll be watching to see what he what he offers what he brings to Birmingham uh, we, we've got a fair idea of what that is already because mm-hmm. Gary Wright spoke about that uh, Gary Wright quite clearly likes the player but uh, as Chris said before you know he's, he's now in Birmingham's team so his situation has changed quite dramatically and I think Derby's situation has changed as well because Joe Ledley's now in, you know, and and, and George Thorne's playing again mm-hmm. uh, and fit. So they've got three midfielders in there already. And I say it's just whether you just tweak the balance of that midfield with a Kifton Bell type or 
from uh, I think today there been there was a link with Ryan Woods at Brentford who I do like very energetic very good on the ball very tidy uh, 23 or 24 yeah. yeah so you can see how that mm. would affect and help the balance in the you know and the options and, and of, of balance so yeah I'm looking forward to seeing Kifton Bell play it, sh- it should be interesting and as I say Birmingham have picked up mm. so again it's like we said can, can Derby keep this going there's a test every single week different test every week and actually they found it tough against Birmingham when they yes. came to Pride Park yeah they, they did were, they were you know I, I think it's fair to say Derby were expected to win yeah. although it's always it's always difficult when a manager when they're sort of in between managers you never quite know what to expect but but Birmingham were really sort of on their knees at the time by all accounts and, and uh, actually took the lead uh, before Sam Winnell yeah. uh, salvaged a point for them so um so no, it'd be uh, it'd be interesting. It, it, it will be interesting. I say it's it's uh, it, it probably be a different game than if Derby had played them maybe a month or two months ago. Well, even very recently, I mean, uh, Steve Cottrell was already coming under some yeah. pressure. Yes. Um, yeah. But it, but that's obviously will have eased with the, with the last um, the last few results. I think they beat um, they beat Leeds and they won at Reading Sorry, yeah. and then yeah. beat Burton mm-hmm. in the cup. So. Um, so the confidence will uh, will be on the up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, managers always well, most managers will always sort of play down these instances when they come up against former clubs. And obviously, Gary Rats now faced Birmingham twice as Derby yes. boss. But I mean, particularly in in Rowett's position, where I'm pretty sure 99% of everybody thought that it was a, an unfair sacking. I mean, there must be something inside of him that's thinking you just love to get one over on, on your former team. I think I think we like to think that's the case, and, and I think in some with some managers it probably is the case. Uh, when we when we talk to Gary about these things, he's quite adamant in the fact that he doesn't doesn't really go there at all, doesn't really think about it, doesn't do things like oh you've not won here in twenty games or you've won here in the last twenty. He doesn't he, he doesn't buy into any of that really. Uh, so. Even if there's something inside thing, yeah, I'd like to come away. Actually, if you remember, because last season they went there and, and did win. You know, it was, uh, minutes, yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, was his first time back, was it? Mm. Would have been, yeah. yeah. So, and that was a very dramatic ending to the game. And uh, so, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure Gary, when we ask him, we'll ask him for you, Johnny, <laughs> on Friday. I'm sure when we ask him, he'll uh, he'll kind of brush that one aside, play it down. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Lovely stuff. Chaps, anything that you wanted to add before we sign off? No, it's still quite chilly in here. And I said that cup of coffee, would have, even though they've gone cold by now, would, still would have been very nice. You can make your own. Yes, yes, I'll make you one too. <laughs> uh, lovely. Steve, Chris, thanks for your company as ever. Thank Pleasure. you uh, very much to all the listeners as well. Uh, in the meantime, you can obviously follow everything that we do on social media. We're on Twitter at DarbyTelDCFC, uh, Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash DarbyTelDCFC. Can keep up to date with all the latest rounds, news, and views on our website, which is www.darbytelegraph.co.uk. Uh, and the podcast is on both Audio Boom and iTunes. Just search for it. it's Black and White. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.